0: All right, reset. Good morning, my friends. Um, (laughs) We'll just launch right in. Today today we're going to take a break from the lectionary. Um, I had a message all ready to go for for this week. You could even tell in in our liturgy. Um, But the message was kind of pointed and and, and, kind of heavy. Uh, The the lectionary was taking us into uh, Jesus talking about divine things versus human things. Uh, talking about Jesus building his church, not our church, and for us to take up our crosses and to follow him. And and we will continue with that. We'll, I'll, I'll probably end up doing that. We'll probably do that next week. Um, but with that kind of a heavier message that I was working on, I, I think it's been a heavy enough week already. I mean, it, it's, it was a, sort of a heavy week for myself and my family in some more personal family things. Um, and, and And I know that 2020 has been heavy enough already. Um, it's probably been, 2020s. probably been one for the record books, but it seems like there's some weeks that keep popping up during COVID that are even heavier, perhaps, than other weeks. Um, you know, if you take all the events that, that were, are happening out in Wisconsin right now, all the events that are happening out in, in Kenosha with, you know, Jacob Blake and and protests and, 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 and rioting and looting and, and we saw a teenage kid carry around a gun and, and, and even kill people this week. We've We've seen back-to-back weeks of what I'll call very, I-, I feel very uninspiring partisan conventions that were just seemed to be adding more fuel and more divisiveness to our culture. Um, you know, we saw sports boycotts, uh, a devastating hurricane this week, uh, continuing wildfires out in California, and then to top it all off, we lost Chad McBoseman, we lost our Black Panther. Um, it's a lot to take in. It's been a week. But then we're also still dealing with this thing that we call corona. So we're going to switch it up a bit. Does someone want to go shut the back door now? I think that's where the rest of this is coming from. Man, that wind. We got the Holy Ghost wind in here today. No, Abby's got it. She, she'll get there faster than you. Sorry. Um, so, sorry, Paul. I just you, you got the slides. You're doing enough already, so. Um, we're going to have all these doors shut in a minute. but uh, So okay. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going we're gonna to switch it up a bit. And instead, I just want to simply bask in the communion we have with the divine this morning. I want to take a look at a, fir- a few verses from John's first letter. Uh, in my own personal reading time this week, I, I found myself in, in 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. And um, I found myself meditating personally upon these this week. And, and, and I really kind of got you know, stuck on these couple verses from, from 1 John uh, chapter 3. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to follow up with a, 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 a practice that we've done here before at Regen, uh, a, a, a sign of the cross meditation. It's one of my favorites. It's a very comforting uh, meditation that uses the sign of the cross that we do often here, you know, during the absolution, during the Eucharist, and, and different parts of the service. Uh, where we can kind of meditate upon our divine communion with the the God that we name Father, Son, and Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier. Let's pray, and then we're going to dig into the Word and, uh, and practice this morning. Word and Eucharist. Heavenly Father, Son, Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, we simply bring before you this morning the heaviness of our hearts, whether it's the heaviness in anything that is happening personally, the heaviness that's happening in our country, the heaviness that's happening across the world. God, we just simply ask for your divine presence. We ask for your communion, the communion that the Father has with the Son and the Son with the Spirit, the Spirit with the Father and the Son. And we simply ask that we would be allowed this morning to simply bask in that communion with you. We pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. And so if you've got a Bible with you at home, or if you want to look at a Bible here in, in the room, we're going, to be in, uh, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to go to the 21st verse. Uh, these are the three verses that kind, of, that kind of resonated with my heart this week as we were continuing uh, just living, living our life. So John writes, Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God. And if we receive from him whatever we ask, because we keep his commands and give him pleasure when he sees what we are doing. And this is his command that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus the Christ, and we should love one another just as he gave us in the command. Anyone who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in them. This is how we know that he abides in us by his spirit that he has given to us. If our heart does not condemn us, John begins. John speaking to our hearts, our hearts when he says that they condemn our spirit, when our inner heart accuses us, when our inner heart tells us that we are not important to God, You see, I believe that this is where so much of this starts, when our hearts believe deep down that our Creator God couldn't possibly love someone like me. When our hearts truly believe deep down that our Creator God couldn't love a wretch such as me, as the song Amazing Grace sings, or... Or, 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 or Paul, you know, throughout some of his letters talks about how we are a poor, miserable sinners or, or things like that. And when we think that a God can't possibly love someone like me, then we betray. We betray the trust and the faith that we have in the divine. We, in a sense, are betraying that first identity that we were given in the garden. Remember, our first identities in the garden is that we were created in the image of God and God called it and our creation and us good. Our first identity is coming in the fact that we were created in the image of God called good, then came the fall. And so when our faith in the Christ, that Christ who we did speak about last week in Matthew 16, when our faith in what that means for our new identity in Christ, when it doesn't allow our hearts to betray us or to condemn us, as John talks about here, then it allows us to have a confidence, or in this translation we read a boldness before God. We have a boldness in who he is and what God does in the lives of his children. We have a confidence in who Jesus is. We have a confidence in what Jesus does in the lives of his children. What Jesus did for us in his life, what Jesus did for us on the cross, reconciling all humanity back to himself, and what Jesus did for us in his glorious resurrection, transforming us to new life. When we have a confidence, when we have a boldness before God, it allows us to truly know that we are loved, And that God's grace extends to every single part of our soul. And that there's nowhere we go where God isn't, right? We read this last week. We sang about this last week. We talked about this last week from Psalm 139. If we truly have this confidence... This full confidence, this actual confidence, boldness as we read in this translation, a boldness in who Jesus is and what Jesus does in our lives. Then in verse 22, whatever we ask, whatever we ask in faith, we receive from him. Because confidence in him. Confidence in Jesus, a boldness before God that involves a mindset that longs to keep his commands. Did you catch that in verse 22? Gives God pleasure. And John follows all this up and he says that God the Father's commands are simple, right? To believe in Jesus' name, right? We just talked about this. Believing in who Jesus is. Believing in who Jesus is and what he's done for us especially for what he's done for us on the cross. And then the other aspect of love, which is to love one another, which is only possible when Christ's spirit is abiding within us. That's what John says at the end of this passage. It's what we talked about last week with the Christ. Because all of this creates a soul-longing, kingdom-driving, overflowing existence of love. Our cup is so full Picture a cup that's full of water that Jesus is just pouring in his forgiveness and his grace and his love to us and that cup just builds and builds and builds and builds. Where is the extra water going to go of love and forgiveness and grace? It's going to spill out into the relationships that we have. It's the same love that the Father has through the Son and the indwelling of his Spirit. And it's this Spirit that is in us, abiding in Him and Him in us, all of it given in grace, revealed through Jesus the Christ from the Father and dwelling in the Spirit. These few verses that my heart really latched onto this week from 1 John speak a lot of this idea that we call, that the Bible doesn't name, the Trinity. But yet we see the Trinity all through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Because Jesus hears what his Father says, and then the Spirit follows. Jesus does what he sees his Father doing, and the Spirit follows. This one God is the us in whose image we are made. If you look back at the book of Genesis, you'll notice God said, let us Make God in our image, not in a physical kind of like this is what (laughs) we look like type of an image, but an image of Father, Son, and Spirit, of a perfect communion of relationship. That is the image in which we were made. This one God is the voice that Isaiah hears asking the question, who will go for us? The Holy Trinity is known throughout scriptures, is known because God acts, and God speaks in the world that this us creates, and the world that this us loves, and the world that this us seeks to save. The God of our faith is not merely words on a page. You know, I think that sometimes is where we get kind of bogged down, we have a week that's kind of heavy like this, or, you know, whether, again, whether it's personal heaviness or, or a collective heaviness. We can sometimes look into God's word or we can think of, of, of our God or we can see a meme or a, an inspirational quote and our God can be reduced to merely words on a page. But you see, the God of our faith is a divine reality is a divine reality and a community of relations. Our God is community. Our God is relationship, a relationship that seeks to then make us participants by grace. You see, people always ask if God was in perfect communion with itself, right Father, Son, and Spirit, why did, he, why did God even bother to, to create us? Because he seeks to make us participants of that Holy Communion by grace. In this eternal way of life, and so here's what we're going to do. I think that this could be a really great practice. I actually think that this sign of the cross meditation is something we should be doing probably more regularly. I don't think we did. I think it's been about a couple years. I I believe it's been two years since we did it, and 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 I and I think that this practice can really help ground ourselves in this communion of the divine this communion of Father, Son, and Spirit that also lives within us. Um, We're going to put on that Holy Ghost music and we're going to simply meditate this morning upon our relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit. And we're going to use that sign of the cross that many of us use here at Regen. Christians have had a long history of using the sign of a cross. We don't worship the sign of the cross just like we don't worship Um, you know, a certain particular song or a liturgy, just like we don't even worship the words of the Bible themselves, but rather it's what did they seek to point us to when it seeks to point us to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we're going to use this practice, this practice that we do every week of the sign of the cross. And we're going to pair it together and center it around the God who we call our Holy Trinity our Abba Father, Son Jesus, and that Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. And so if you're willing to stretch a little bit this morning, whether you're at home on Facebook, whether you're listening to this on a podcast, or if you're here in the room with us, if you're willing to stretch a little bit, I'd like to invite you into this grounding meditation. I'd like to invite you to invite God Invite the divine to come into your mind, into your heart, to your past, into your present. You can do this with your eyes open or your eyes shut. I'll guide you. I'd like to invite you by begin by putting your feet flat on the ground, sitting up straight, and to put away whatever distraction you may have in your hands. If you've got a smartphone in your hands, maybe you can't put the kid down. <laughs> Maybe if you have a phone with you or, you know, a a liturgy seat. If you're at home and have your liturgy seat in your hand, feel free just to put that down. I'd like to invite you to take a deep breath. Just simply breathe in the blessings and the love of our God who we call Father, Son, and Spirit. And as you exhale to exhale any anxiety or worry or stress you may be carrying with you this morning, inhale that love and the blessing of God. And just for a brief moment, you can go back to the news, go back to Facebook, go back to whatever it is you wanna do when you're done here, but at least for now, exhale any of the anxiety of the things that are happening in your life or in the world around us. You see, God's desire is to transform us again and again and again and again each time more fully, each and every day, in his image and likeness. Remember that image and likeness of that perfect communion of Father, Son, and Spirit. And so this morning, may your prayer be as simple as your breathing. And so I'd like to invite you to take your right hand and place it at the center of your forehead. This is how we begin this center I mean, this uh, meditation, I mean, this is how we, sorry, I'm losing my place. This is how we begin the sign of the cross, right? Right on our foreheads. This morning, as we pray in the name of our creator God, as we pray in the name that Jesus calls Abba, Papa, Father, we pray this morning that all the functions of our mind that our will and our intellect and our memory and our imagination, all that swirls around in our brains, may at this moment be dedicated to our Abba, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So breathe in deeply. Inhaling all that is good, all that is God, and all that is light and love. And exhale all the darkness, all the dark spaces in our world that are not of God. Now shake out your right hand. Shake it out, it gets kind of heavy to leave it. And place your hand in the center of your chest. The sign of the cross uses the center of our chest as that place where if you see that Sacred Heart of Jesus icon that we've used before, you see that center of Jesus' heart exploding. And so we pray here in the name of the Son, Jesus. We pray in the name of that Sacred Heart that was once wounded, that heart of love that is the Christ. And as we pray in the name of Jesus, and as we pray that we may be Christians, not just in our head, but in our hearts as well, and in our whole being, our hearts as a symbol for our soul. And with your inner eye, look inside and see how your heart is doing. Is your heart alive? Is that inner heart beating and strong? Or perhaps this morning it's cold. It's cold as ice and hard as stone. Or perhaps your heart this morning is hanging together by a thread that's about to break. Maybe your heart is just hanging on, feeling like, how am I gonna get just through this day? Or maybe your heart is alive and active and ready to witness. Wherever your heart is, there is no right or wrong with how your heart or where your heart happens to be. This is the heart that you've been given. And this is the one inner heart you've been given and that Jesus invites you to when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Surrender your heart to him right now. He wants us to give our hearts to him. And so once again, breathe in the blessing that is Jesus. And as you exhale, let go of whatever it is that's not of God. Now shake out your right hand again and place it on your left shoulder as we pray in the name of the Holy, and we claim our past, the deeds we are proud of and the deeds that we are ashamed of, and we acknowledge that God makes all things work to the good, that there's nothing we have done and nothing that has been done to us that cannot be turned around and made a channel of blessing a source of grace for the holiness of our life. What are you proud of this morning? Surrender it to the Lord. What are you ashamed of this morning? Surrender that to the Lord. Breathe in the blessing, and as you exhale, give over. Give it all over to the holiness of our God. now shake out your right hand and place it on your right shoulder. We're not used to leaving our hand on our right shoulder like this. It's perhaps the hardest of these four positions. Physically, it's the hardest of these positions, yes, but this spirit part of our meditation may also be the hardest of the positions in this meditation because it involves the unknown. It involves our tomorrow. It involves our future. And as we pray in the name of the Spirit, and as we look forward to our future unafraid, confident that if we live a long life or a short one, in honor or shame, sickness or in health, we simply pray that God's blessing, God's Spirit would abide, like John says, in our soul. Jesus' promise to us is, I will not leave you behind. My spirit will be here to guide you. And so even though this may be an uncomfortable position for our arm or for our soul, we are able to face our future unafraid with the spirit of Jesus implanted into that sacred heart. So simply breathe in the blessing that is our God and exhale the fear. Now shake your hand out for the last time (laughs) and simply use whatever prayer posture is most comfortable to you. I like to put my hands out in a receiving type of a way, but some people like to raise their hands high Some people like to fold their hands and bow their heads. As Father Michael Sparrow taught at a conference I went to once, let your body speak the language that the words of your prayer are also speaking. So allow your body to to, to, to respond to God how it sees fit just as the prayer comes from your lips. As we pray to the God beyond us, to the God of power and of mystery, and wonder and surprise. As we pray to the God that Jesus called Abba, Papa, the God who loves us more freely and fully than any earthly father or mother could ever love us. And as we pray in the name of the Son, in the name of the Christ who calls us his body, who dwells among us. And as we pray in the name of the Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, who dwells in each and every one of us, in the heart, in that deep sanctuary of our soul, our Abba, Father, Son, Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. Even as we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses just as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people say, Amen.